Welcome to another episode of 15-Minute Friday on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Bergman, and today I've got Kyle Burkhart, Director of Strategy and Insights for the Los Angeles Clippers. Excited to have him on today to talk about the effect of analytics on the business side of the sports industry and how it's affecting decisions in the front office. Uh, so, Kyle, welcome on. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So walk us through a little bit of how you got to the Clippers. You know, you've had some experiences with the Timberwolves and the L.A. Kings um, and, and what your role is at the Clippers and um, how, how you eventually got there. Absolutely. So I think that I have one of the more unique journeys into the sports industry. Um, I have an economics major in college and straight out of undergrad, I started working for an e-commerce business as a marketing analyst. Um, and after spending a little over a year there, uh, kind of was, you know, itching to really do something I was passionate about. And so I started looking for jobs in the sports industry and was fortunate enough to be hired as the first ever analyst um, for the brand new uh, strategy and analytics department at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, and so I spent almost four full years there uh, helping to kind of build analytics from the ground up. It was right after the 2011-2012 uh, lockout and more and more teams were starting to try to get smarter about the decisions they were making. So that was everything from retention modeling and lead scoring to, you know, just building more reporting, working within the ticketing system to try to find, you know, insights that hadn't been uncovered before. Um, so, you know, I, I was, like I said, I was there for about four years um, and then kind of had a brief spell with a marketing agency for a little over a year, helping them again, kind of build out their analytics and what they were trying to do and could provide to their clients um, from an analytics perspective so that they could show the, the ROI on, on what they were doing with their clients. But uh, the sports bug bit again, and I realized that, you know, this is the industry that I really do love and am passionate about. Uh, and so I was fortunate to take a position with the LA Kings, uh, moved out from Minneapolis out to LA and was the director of business intelligence over there. So working with the team that oversaw CRM as well as analytics and reporting, um, really getting our data warehouse up and running and, and some of our visualizations and automation going in SaaS, uh, building single customer view and, and really actually overhauling the CRM system there as well. So um, after, after being there for a while, was brought in by the Clippers to start their uh, strategy and analytics team from scratch. So we were the last team in the NBA to not have a business analytics department. Um, and so I started in late May of 2018 and we have just been building ever since. Um, when I got here, I inherited uh, our email marketing manager, as well as our uh, kind of manager of CRM. And now we have uh, eight employees uh, on the team. I oversee ticket ops, uh, as well as, like I said, database and email marketing. And we've added a data engineer, a CRM coordinator. Uh, and we are you know, very heavily involved in the sales process um, from CRM, lead scoring, predictive modeling, all those things I, I talked about with the Wolves, but also uh, kind of the strategy side of the whole business. So business planning for all departments, marketing analytics, secondary market strategy, um, automation of data, uh, data aggregation, all of those kinds of things. Well, and so, you, you know, you haven't even been there for a year. You're, you're talking about one of the last teams to develop a business analytics department. So clearly it, it's not, it hasn't been going on, going on for 20 years, right? And, and uh, it's kind of new to the industry. How has it affected you know, the, the, the culture, the decision-making, you know, the processes that are in place. And, and for our listeners who, you know, either are in the business um, in, in variety of, you know, positions from, from marketing to, to owner, you know, to leadership, et cetera, 
how does it affect them as well, right? Out, outside of just your department? Absolutely. So, you know, I think that people always think of the sports industry as being very forward thinking and innovative from the analytics side of things. And that is really, really true uh, on the team side of things, right? Like when you think of baseball and moneyball and, and all of those kinds of things, or even basketball and what they're able to do now. Uh, on the analytics side with all the sport view cameras and those kinds of things. Like they really are pushing the envelope forward for what is kind of industry standards everywhere on the business side. However, sports tends to be a little more old school, right? You know, a lot of places, well, this is how we sold tickets in the eighties and this is how we did it in the nineties and had success. So that's how we're still doing it today. And so kind of from my perspective and what my team is trying to do is saying, not that we need to go away from our intuition or kind of our gut reaction, but we can do things a lot smarter and a lot more efficiently as we incorporate data into that decision-making process, right? So everything from how are we pricing our tickets? How many price levels do we have? How many price codes? How do we variably price different games? You know, when do we raise prices? When do we drop them? What are the factors that go into that? You know, who should we be marketing to? What message should we be sending them? When, how often? Um, you know, all those things really tying, trying to tie data into the operations that are already happening in the front office, right? But just like I said, making it more efficient, more effective, so that people are able to do more with their day. Absolutely. Well, and I think we've talked a little bit about this, but it seems like that's an area of opportunity, right? It's an area to, to grow in. It's constantly expanding. You know, there's always more ways in which it can impact the business. But for those who are trying to get into the industry or those who are already in and, and looking at different ways to, to move up the ladder, what are some skill sets that, you know, you have on your team and then you have yourself that, you find valuable and in, in, in then in that area. Absolutely. I think if you look back even five, six years ago, right, when I was getting my start in the sports industry, teams were hiring a lot of what I would call generalists, right? Those of us with economics or business backgrounds that can do a little bit of statistics, a lot of Excel work, a little bit of data biz, you know, and we're not, we don't have a depth of knowledge in any one field, but we have a breadth of knowledge across a lot of different kind of analytics disciplines, right? And that was great to get departments started. But now that, you know, these are really coming full-fledged departments that are, you know, kind of outside or internal consultants to every other department within a team, it's becoming much more technical and much more specific. So at the top, you still have generalists more like myself. But, you know, when I look at my staff, and I'm, you know, the skill set that I was looking for when hiring a data engineer is different than, you know, potentially a data scientist that I would like to hire in a couple, you know, months. And it's different than an analyst, right? So like the data engineer really does need to have that kind of coding background, SQL, Python, you know, a little bit of R as well. Some of that's going to have, a, you know, an overlap with the, with the data scientists, but like it really is the people that can come in and not necessarily be DBAs, but really build out databases and data links that you can have, you know, an aggregation of everything you're getting in a clean, usable format. So then you can start to have, you know, analysts build data visualization off of that, you know, but whether it's in you know, SAS or Power BI or Tableau, depending on, you know, what your team likes to employ from that standpoint, because that's the, then the interface really is those visualizations. That's the interface between other departments and us. Like we'll aggregate the data, we'll do the analysis, present it to you, and then have recommendations of what that should be going forward. But really then, you know, the marketing people make the decisions on marketing using that information. So, you know, those trying to break into the industry, especially kind of at the entry level, like it is kind of more of those technical and statistical skill sets that I think are really going to be in high demand and already are becoming high demand skills. 
Well, and you look at, you know, you mentioned it, the, the difference between the player side and the business side. You know, when I was on the player side, the biggest struggle was taking all the data and all the all the findings that these guys were were gathering in the analytics, you know, department. And how do you translate it to the coaches? How do you translate it to the players? Right. There, there's there's you got to speak a common language. And so as you walk into the front office, right, and you're talking, you know, you're you're using um, analytics to talk with your marketing people and your ticketing people and everyone across the the office. How do you develop that common language? You know, obviously you guys are in your roles for a reason, right? You you can do things that other people can't. So how do you constantly, um, you know, fill the hole of, of people making sure that, you know, what you guys are providing from an insights perspective is understood across the board? Absolutely. So I, I think there's really two things that are really important when you look at this. One is kind of having someone to speak sales language, right? Being able to translate those findings and put it into a language that whether it's sales or marketing or digital or even community relations, youth basketball, whatever it is, using the language that they're already used to hearing and just being smarter about, you know, the, what's going into making those decisions. Um, you know, the other piece is, and it goes back, it goes back to that data visualization, right? If you can put a dashboard, an interactive dashboard in front of someone that's refreshing automatically, you know, with the information that they want to see in, in real time or near real time, that's really going to help buy-in because you're just helping them make the decisions that they're already making, right? You're not trying to do their job for them or tell them to do things differently. You're just helping to inform that decision-making process. And so that, that kind of goes back to speaking that common language. It's, it's all the things they would be looking for, just aggregated in a way that might be a little new, but is also automatic and, you know, more, more in depth. Sure. Well, and, and as you start to, you know, come upon new findings or new insights, um, are there things that you're discovering, hey, we might be able to get a little bit more into the sponsorship space or the marketing space, whatever that looks like uh, for you guys outside of what originally was the idea of starting that department, as you mentioned, when, when you were with the T-Wolves? Absolutely. I, you know, I think that every, every team that started this department naturally has it start with looking at the sales department, right? That's where most of the revenue comes from. And that's where actually you have most of the data usually. But really to be able to be, you know, serve the entire organization, you do have to break into more of that marketing lead, uh, marketing lead, right? Or sponsorship and those kinds of things. And so, you know, one of the things that is kind of prevalent organizational wide and, and industry wide right now is really understanding what that customer journey looks like. How do we get people to come to the building for the first time? Once they're in the building, what are the things that they're doing? How, you know, once they're in the building, how do we get them to come back again? Then how do we get them to purchase tickets through us if they, you know, came in through the secondary market? And really just trying to have that entire view over what the journey is and how do we keep people kind of moving down that funnel to get to this, you know, to season tickets. Because even though kind of the, the traditional season ticket member model might be dying, it's still the lifeblood of our organizations. It's where most of our money comes from. And if we can keep that season ticket member base healthy, we're going to be in a good spot. No, absolutely. And, and as one of our co-hosts, Pat Gallagher says, we're, we're in the fun business. And, you know, I, I, I got to ask, what's the you know, most fun part of your job and what do you enjoy most about it? Absolutely. I, I think, uh, you know, for me, it's not having to be in just one department. It's getting to interact with a lot of different kinds of people with really interesting takes on how to do their job. And, you know, every, no one or two days is the same, right? Because one day we're looking at sales analytics and who, you know, the best prospects are for a certain kind of lead campaign. And the next day we're looking at people's digital behavior and trying to figure out how we can optimize our content 
you know, maybe specifically on Instagram. And so just being able to touch all those different parts of the organization and work with a lot of different people uh, is really exciting. That's awesome. And, and as you look back and then now look forward, kind of what do you see as the next opportunity within analytics, you know, now that you've been in the industry for a little bit and, and where you think analytics in, in the business side is really heading? Absolutely. I, you know, I think that in the sports industry, while we've come a long way in the last four or five years, we're still behind kind of you're just your normal big businesses. And so part of it is just catching up to what is kind of industry standard in other industries. And the other part is really figuring out how we can use machine learning, how we can use AI to optimize our business, right? They're buzzwords. Everybody's talking about them, but really finding the applications that make sense in our industry and being able to apply those so that we can be more efficient with what we're doing. Well, and, and you talk about the buzzwords, AI, VR, AR, all, all these different types of technologies. What's, what's really the one at the, at the biggest forefront? Yeah, for me on the business side, I think that machine learning is, is really going to take that on, right? All of us are doing modeling already. We have our own retention models. We have our lead scoring models. We have our predictions for you know, ticket sales and revenue throughout the year and those kinds of things. And the more that we can have the model train itself, the smarter we're going to get and the less time that we're going to spend developing these kinds of things. You know, teams have gotten to a point where their retention models are updating daily based on new inputs that they're getting from their CRM system or wherever else, you know, the more and more that we can have the machine learn itself so that we can really tighten what those windows are. Here's the people that are really at risk. Here's the people that are coming back for sure. Here's how we need to target this specific group of people to make sure that they renew. um, I think is, you know, really going to continue to push the industry forward the next couple of years. And, and last question, as we kind of wrap up, you know, sports has become that 24, seven, 365, 12 months out of the year, there's events in the venue, right out, outside of just the, the, the 82 home games, you know, how does analytics play into a factor of that side of the business and kind of where that's heading as well? Absolutely. So, so part of that is really understanding who's in your building, every night, right? Because you can draw a lot of knowing what kind of events people are going to outside of yours, you know, and it goes back to understanding that customer journey and understanding each individual fan so that you can cater an individual experience to everybody every time they interact with your brand, whether that's at a concert, whether it's at an esports event, whether it's at just one of your normal home games, you know, and really just having that understanding of, of what everyone wants and then really trying to be able to deliver that to them on time uh, is, is huge. Awesome. Well, we, we've pretty much wrapped up every 15-minute Friday episode with ask, asking each person what their best or worst interview story was. So I've got to ask, what, what story do you, might, you, might you have to share? Oh, man. Wish I uh, would have prepped for this one. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I, I don't know if it's my best or my worst or just kind of thinking on we, we, you know, what's, what's happened recently, but we just uh, hired a new CRM coordinator here. We're really excited about it. Uh, but I was conducting some interviews for that position and just the extreme lack of knowledge that people would have coming in um, was a total turnoff. So they'd see CRM, they would Google that it stood for customer relationship manager. And then they would talk to me about how they've worked in the service industry, right? And how that makes them a great fit to inter- to interface with our fans without understanding, even though the rest of the job description talks about combining data, you know, assigning leads, uh, you know, making sure data is clean and campaigns are tracked. Like to me to not even have, you know, take the five minutes to understand what the job is for 
and then to hop on a phone call with somebody, I, it, it blows my mind. I know it's not a great example, but it, it's all I got today. <laughs> well- Well, no, it's a good point. And I guess the lesson, you know, everyone can take from that is you know, do do your due diligence, right? Do your research, do your homework. Um, and, and there's always more questions and research to be done. So, Kyle, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate the insights, no pun intended for, you know, your title, but um, really, really enjoyed talking with you, learning about the analytics side of the industry and and looking forward to uh, seeing what's next in, in that wave of the world and uh, looking forward to having you on in the, in the future again. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jake. Thanks for having me and uh, hope everybody has a good weekend.